Alright guys, welcome back to Wrestling with Snaps. Um, today is Saturday, uh, September 18th. Um, there's been a lot going on since uh, my last up- upload and, you know, topic number one, start at the beginning of the week. Big E is WWE champion. Take that in. Big E, you know, he cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase on Bobby Lashley at the end of Monday Night Raw, and he's WWE champion since then. Now he is uh, part of a tag team with Finn Balor on SmackDown, and they have a shot at the Usos. I guess, um, that part I don't really get, but, you know, he's champ, you know, they announced it on Twitter, they built suspense throughout the show, um, Orton had the belt, I'm sorry, Orton had the match, um, solid match, you know, I think that was definitely key to building up the victory with Big E. Um, you know, yeah, 13, 14 time champion in Randy Orton against pretty dominant heel champion. You know, this is face Randy, but excuse me one second. Ah, all right. It's pretty late here, guys. Um, you know, it was a solid match and, you know, you had him lose. Randy Orton lost, you know. And you have Lashley destroy RK Bro and then injure himself while destroying RK Bro. And then boom, cash in. Um, horrible freaking finisher. Um, but, you know, great, great pop. Definitely, you know, a, a great decision, I feel, to bring some youth to that belt. Um, you know, youth, but a long-term employee of WWE. I think it's nine years, you know, and it's a goddamn great win. And I, you know, hats off to Big E. And, you know, it it looks like we're going to get New Day versus the Bloodline at Survivor Series, but uh, they're giving it to us on Monday Night Raw. Um, I'm not understanding the common sense behind it, but I understand the business sense because I was just listening to Bustin' Open Radio and it's because of Monday Night Football. It's not because of AEW, 100%. Um, they're bringing the youth, a nice baby face champion. And, you know, one thing I was thinking about before this podcast And I'm going to try to track down this stat. Um, I'm curious because this is not... It's not like this is the first time Monday Night Raw is going up against Monday Night Football. I'm curious to see who is champion all these years that Raw has been going on during the Monday Night Football era and how they did. And, like, I'm curious... You know, I, there has to be a stat. Google's our best friend, right? You know, um, 
really curious to see if they that that's not exist like back in the nineties. I mean, they were more worried about Nitro. But I mean, that's been over for twenty years. So I'm really curious to see if if you notice a difference, like can you double down and bet? Hey, there's gonna be a, a title change right before, right, right around Monday football coming back. I mean, I mean, how how did we do last year? You know, versus Monday Night Football. You know, that's definitely a stat that has to be out there. Um, I'm very curious regarding that. Uh, But yeah, you know, it seems like they've done a pretty solid buildup. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, But let's transition a little bit. And I wasn't going to, I was going to do uh, a single upload on it, and we're going to transition into a different topic, and that topic is, I don't really know how much time I'm going to spend on it, but that topic is the Dark Side of the Ring episode that aired two days ago. Um, I'm not going to promote the channel. It's not worth it to me. Um, it's on YouTube, but they they, they did the plane ride from hell. I've been hearing about this plane ride for the last 20 years, you know, um, there is some, some, uh, inappropriate things that came up regarding the plane ride from hell. And there's a lot of cancel culture coming out now because of this. Um, Primarily with three people and I'll kind of Put it in order, I guess. But, um, you know, the big one is Ric Flair, the nature boy. Um, in the episode, uh, they had a flight attendant that was on the, the, the plane ride from hell. And she said, I guess there's this thing that Ric Flair does. And when he gets drunk or something and puts a robe on and just swings his dang around like a helicopter. Um, Apparently, he went up to the flight attendant and swung his dang around and was trying to get her to touch it and took her hand and had her touch it and she didn't want to. Um, And I'm going to say, you know, right off the bat, you know, I'm not for forcing anyone to do anything. Um, it's what happened. And then, you know, kind of with that part, Scott Hall apparently licked her face. 
but was more in an aggressive manner, like kind of had her pinned kind of is kind of what I understood. She was kind of everywhere with what she was saying. So I don't really know. Um, but that, I mean, that's just going with the Ric Flair thing. But I mean, Tommy Dreamer was on that show and he spoke a lot about it. And he kind of said the right, you know, okay things up until the end where, and it's not a quote, but pretty much said, if it bothered you, then you shouldn't have taken the settlement. And in today's day and age, that's not something you can say. Um, Dreamer was taken off TNA's next show, suspended. His status of busted open is up in the air. Ric Flair's couple commercials were canceled. Um, and what else remains to be seen regarding that? Nothing really with Scott Hall came out. I mean, Scott Hall's demons have been documented very, very detailed. Um, again, this show is about opinions and um, topics going on. And that's the only reason I'm commenting on it. And that's because, you know, it's something that's a hot topic in the in, in the industry right now. And my thing, you know, I can't, you know, I don't think what Dreamer said came out right at all. And I understand the concerns and what can lead to the perception. But I don't get paid for this show. Cancel me if you want. He wasn't 100% wrong with what he said. Everyone's looking at what he said as was wrong. Did any has anyone gone back and like seen what this lady, I'm not gonna say her name, but what this lady said about her husband? Like her husband turned it around on her. Hey, what were you doing to make this guy want to swing his dang around or lick your face? You know, he didn't want it out. You need to take a settlement. Like, he's not a big star. And that's why no one's looking at that content of her statement. Okay? I am not discrediting what her what she said. I 110% believe what she said occurred. And I 110% believe it was inappropriate. I just don't think it was 100% wrong with what Tommy said. You know, if if this person felt this violated, regardless of what her husband was saying, she shouldn't have taken a settlement. And if she, and and since she did, I mean, I as far as I I mean, I don't know, I'm not a lawyer, but is there like some non-disclosure stuff that would have been involved in that. If not, I mean, WWE messed up with those lawyers. But either way, you know, we're talking 20 years. Like, did, did she run out of the settlement? Is that why she's saying it? Or has this eaten her alive? And, you know, she just really felt she needed to say her story. You know, and kind of with the back to the Tommy Dreamer thing, what about Terry Reynolds? I mean... 
bless her soul, she, she got some thick skin. She's been in that business for a long time. But, I mean, she says, she said, if I would have dwelled on half that stuff that happened on that, I'd be in, you know, or while I was in this industry, I would have been in court 95%, 100% of my life, my adult life. You know, not to say that, you know, some of the stuff that she's dealt with was correct. You know, look at what she said about uh, Brock Lesnar's wing. Um, but no one's saying, oh, well, she's insensitive. Is it because she's not really involved anymore in the business? Like, is Dreamer getting the blunt because Hall's not in the business? Flair is pretty untouchable. I don't think he's 100% untouchable because guess what? Look what happened with Hogan. Um, do I think that needs to happen? No. The man paid. You know, the man, he wasn't in a great situation. He, before that, I was think that was before he went to TNA, um, and he's been on record saying that he should have never gone there, and that uh, you know he was not in a good place. And there's a lot of people recovering from the '90s. They're on the tail end of their of their of their down downward spiral, and not to say that it, that is right. I just find it interesting that. It's now coming to light, and now we're in this cancel culture, and, you know, Ric Flair's a free agent, and, you know, he showed up in AAA, rumors about AEW, show up in NWA, like, do we really need to tarnish the man? I mean, there's people who have been defending worse acts. There's people who defend Chris Benoit. The man who murdered his child and his wife. Okay. But this guy got a girl's hand to put on his wing and canceled him? I don't know. I just don't really think that that's the solution. An apology? Yeah. You know, I believe he went on um, Renee, I, I can't think of her actual last name, Moxley. I mean, you know, you know uh, her, and uh, her podcast and Sad that he knew there was stuff that was going to come out and that he'd come out and he'd drop names. But, like, who's he going to drop names on on that flight? Jim Ross? Jim Ross straight up said he, you know, he, he took it on the chin himself. It's kind of like Eminem in a battle. You could never diss him because he would say 10 times worse things about himself before he turned around and dissed you. So, like, Jim Ross knew everything in this show was going to come out when talking about it. Okay. He was in charge of the talent. He did not control his talent. And inappropriate acts occurred on his watch. 
you know, he said it himself. So, I mean, can we do anything to him, really? I mean, it's... I mean... I'm sorry. I just think that, you know, too much... Too much was said. Um, just, you know, there are certain things that just don't need to be said. And, and the, I mean, it wasn't like the wrestlers were the ones snitching them out. It was a lady. But I feel that she took a settlement. Therefore, she no longer has, you know, not to say... I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the elements offhand of sexual assault. But it it seems more like it was an indecent exposure, um, and a body fluid attack from the fucking hall. But like, I may get some hate for this. You know, I'm a young podcast, but whatever. I just don't know if we are handling this the correct way. Again, I'm an Attitude Era kid. There was so much on in the Attitude Era that would not... Oh my God, Vince McMahon would have gone bankrupt between sponsors with half the stuff they did. Um, They did it now. I just do not think that we need to go automatically in this cancel culture. And, you know, I think Busted Open Radio handled it correctly. They do not condone anything. Tommy Dreamer is a member of their team. And that's pretty much all they said. I mean, they clickbait everybody on Spotify because they said they spoke three to less than five minutes about it and then went to Tony Khan. Um, I think that it's, it's not going to go away. I don't think Ric Flair should go and be like, oh, well, this also occurred. This also occurred. He needs to take it on the chin. He needs to apologize. Because you know what? Maybe that's all this woman really wanted. For him to acknowledge that what he did was inappropriate. Dollar signs or not. Okay. And, you know, for him to sincerely say, I, I apologize, I was not in a good time in my life, it does not excuse my actions, all that, you know, and sincerely do it. But, I mean, you're talking about canceling Ric Flair, the man who was living his gimmick. Hit what he did. And when stories were told, that is why people loved Ric Flair. Again, not condoning it. You know, it. I don't know. It's 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 in the eye of the beholder. You know, it's in the eye of the beholder. Perception can be a reality to some, and in this situation, is Ric Flair gonna be blackballed? Tommy Dreamer's getting dropped by TNA. Like, 
can TNA afford to drop anybody? Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll find out probably in the next week or two and see. And uh, we'll go from there. All right. Grand Slam. AEW is following up a great all-out pay-per-view with some great television. I'm calling it now. They are going to smoke whatever rating system you want to put them in. Um, They are going to smoke it. They're going to smoke SmackDown. They're going to smoke Raw. Like, they are putting some great matches. I don't know the card offhand. But just with Daniel uh, Bryan and Kenny Omega, I mean, that's that's Wrestle Kingdom. Like, you know, it's that's just going to be a pure wrestling, strong style mixture of match. It's now for the title. Which is fine. Um, there's some other great matches that's going to be on there. I mean, they, they're. I, I, I do think they should have waited a little bit. I think Punk's going against some guy. Um, Jericho may be on it too, but like, I think that. Um, I think they they should have waited a couple more weeks. WWE felt some pressure after All Out, hence WWE champion changed. Okay. Um, I think that it would have been a little bit better because I kind of feel that these dynamites and these rampages have more substance because they have these quarterly pay-per-views. You know, I feel that WWE, they got so much talent, they really have to have the monthly pay-per-views at this point. But we all know, yeah, they may throw a curve every once in a while, maybe throw a slur, but we all know the big, big, matches are the quarterly, big quarterly ones. You know, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble. Um, and it's it's pretty much the same thing, but I just, you know, AEW and I listen to Tony Khan talk on Busted Open Radio. And I said before that they learned from WCW and TNA and the early WWE in, in you know the last twenty years. I was wrong. This guy, you know, he's a very intelligent man, and he. Excuse me. He uh, is obviously, I mean, um, I don't really know if it's more of a after the fact or if he lived it, but he's taking away, he's taking 
the territory days. And you think of the territory days, so you're talking about NWA, AWA, WWF, um, USWF, all these little territories they had in like the 80s, 70s, even the early 90s, they're getting... WCW from 95 to about 99, maybe 98, right? They're getting WWE from about 97 to 2012. They're putting it in a blender. And man, are they putting out some great product. And I feel it's going to be, you're going to have champions from New Japan. You're going to have champions from TNA again. You're going to have maybe some MLW, maybe some Ring of Honor. I mean, Ring of Honor is not doing so great, so I'm sure they can use a nice pat on the back. But they're doing a modern-day territory-style and this is why, like, look, man, I never really said this, but, and I'm not going to go in to a huge, huge debate over it because I really want to, you know, take this topic and have a co-host on and debate this with them. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, the conspiracy that you'll see spun around all over the Internet. And I said this before when people started saying it. Um, and that's AEW being owned by someone in WWE. Um, I'd say Triple H, but because that or there's very, very similar personalities. Because I can tell you right now, you give me all this money, I'm not looking back to the territory days. I'm looking at Attitude Era with Ruthless Aggression. Spin it a little bit. Put some WCW stuff in there. But you got your NXT. You know. But anyway. You know. He's doing great. And I think this is these. They have such a good balance. Of. Veterans. And. Youth. And that's not really. So, like. WWE doesn't use their veterans to balance their youth. They use them only use them to enhance their youth as much as they really, really should. Um, but AEW balances it. Like you got Christian Cage with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, and then you got. The elite with what Adam Cole, you just said there's, there's, there's youth there. Yeah, Kenny Omega with them, and then you got Jericho with Inner Circle. There was youth there, and you know you got Daniel Bryan just everywhere. You got CM Punk with this you know, like it's there's such a good balance, and it's really really great to see the balance of everything. And it makes you, it anticipates it. And 
WWE is not gonna react in the same way. You know, you got Big E as WWE champion, you got Roman Reigns as WWE champion. I will say this Survivor Series is gonna be big. Calling it now. There will the the Rock will show up at Survivor Series. They're going to start the build up to one of the biggest matches since Cena versus The Rock, which happened I want to say about ten years ago, maybe a little bit less, but you know. It's going to be a big match, whether it ends up being a tag match or, you know, whether it ends up being a one-on-one at Mania. But the buildup will start in November at Survivor Series. And I'm telling you right now, I will freaking mark out with my newborn child on there. It'll be his first pay-per-view probably alive in this world. Um, on my opportunity to leave, enjoy my time, and The Rock will come out, and I'm telling you, this quarterly pay-per-views, like, AEW, remember, like, like my analogy before, they hit that kidney shot. Grand Slam, okay? <laughs> they just hit, they, they, they hit a, they hit a, a another... They they bounced you or they bounced WWE around, okay. But now we're in the ropes, and AEW's getting a little little hits in. So that's that's, that's dynamite and rampage, right? And then uh, every pushback is a, is a is a solid smackdown, okay. Maybe a little bit raw with that cash in, right? And then. Survivor Series, I believe November, maybe October is the next pay-per-view for AEW. Um, we'll see. Um, but it's... I think it's actually December now. I'm talking about it. Um, but, man, it's going to be... It's not going to be as a pushback. It's going to be one of those pushbacks, and you're going to just see WWE unload like on freaking load left right left right right in the freaking face hit him with the stomach get him in the cross corner diagonal across the ring and just start on freaking loading AEW is going to clinch up and then that's going to be after okay we're going to be at the clinch after survivor series we'll be after at, at the clinch i don't think December or whatever their pay-per-view AEW is going to have, we'll be able to, if if WWE executes this pay-per-view the way I believe they will, I don't think AEW is going to really freak out and try to do another all-out with a Grand Slam, right? I think they're going to have a solid show, okay? This is the thing. WWE can be its own enemy 95% of the time. So, and I don't know what's going to happen, but 
think, I mean, they're going to have a great match, great, you know, great um, pay-per-view with seeds planted for something that's not in until April. Like, it's not even going to be for the Rumble. And we all know Rumble just builds more up to Mania. Elimination Chamber and and Backlash or whatever it is. Same thing. You know, remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. Um, That's my take on it. All right, guys. This is probably going to be the gist of... The episode right around 30 minutes. Um, I am again sharing it on uh, platform, working on maybe getting a Twitter. Um, you guys can see some more stuff. You know, I'm hoping our maybe next episode or two, we will have some, uh, you know, other commentary. You gotta get a little organized and, you know, have a little bit of some debates with this and, uh, yeah, keep uh, keep an eye out for that. Let me know what you think. Comment on Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcast is coming. It's 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 a work in progress. We'll see what happens. All right, guys. See you on the next one.